Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Pablo Machin. This is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Red Stakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. You know the drill by now. We recap the entire match day in full for you. This time match day 24. You listen and you're done inside half an hour. Hopefully enriched and buoyed by the whole experience. So strap yourselves in and we'll take you around Spain's top division. Madrid had done all the hard work to get up to second and then blew it at home to Girona. But why? Ewan explains. Real Madrid just don't put games to bed as they probably should. Even when they win, they've often had to hold on. 79% of their victories this season have been by just one or two goals. Sevilla also lose while Atletico and Barca win, but unconvincingly so. Here's Roman. Obviously, Barca have to win, but can we expect them to play stunning offensive one-touch football every single game? When your midfield onwards includes the likes of Arturo Vidal, Dembele, Boateng, or even a developing talent such as Alenia, you just can't have that. We had two reporters out and about too. Paco was watching Valencia. Really not too much at Mestalla. Valencia lacked the spark of other days and seemed physically like they needed an energy boost. Whereas Espanyol did a very good job in the midfield with a proficient Sergi Darder and were able to keep the home team's offensive production to a minimum. And Alex was watching Celta be ever so bad at Balaidos. It's a team that lost its plot and one captain trying his best not to see his ship completely sink, which also leads us to the lack of leadership from Cardoso and why things have been so chaotic under him. Plus, we'll look ahead to the Champions League last 16 ties kicking off for Barca and Atleti. That's all on the way. We start at the Estadio Santiago Bernabeu. Real Madrid had won their last five La Liga games before the visit of Girona, who'd lost their last six in all competitions. The smart money then, surely on the home side. Nope, not this time. Final score at the Bernabeu. Real Madrid 1, Girona 2. And the hosts have been in front as well. Madrid made six changes for this game, but dominated most of the first half and deservedly took the lead when Tony Kroos swung in a ball for Casemiro to head past Bonner. So far, so good. 
but Girona were a different team in the second half and they sensed an opportunity chucking on Chocolozano and Alex Garcia for Pedro Porro and Pere Pons. Masterstroke from El Serio Sacristan and those changes reap rewards in the 65th minute. Cristian Stuani's header came back off the post. Douglas Suiz's shot was blocked by Sergio Ramos with his hands, so penalty given and converted by Stuani. And then Chocolozano's effort was beaten out by Thibaut Courtois, but Porto reacted quickest to head home the winner. And to make matters worse for Ramos, he got a second booking for a foul late on, the 25th red card of his Real Madrid career, a record 20 of which have come in La Liga, which is also now the highest number of red cards outright in all of Europe's top five leagues. Almost something to be proud of. As for his fellow defenders, Alvaro Sola and Marcelo left huge gaps and that was exploited by Girona after the break. And even if Santi Solari refused to concede their title challenge was over, at the end of the season, the Madrid head coach may well look back at those defeats to so-called lesser sides, Levante, Real Sociedad and Girona at home, Alaves and Eibar away, as one reason for them not keeping up with Barcelona. But why have they performed so badly in these games and why can they just turn it on in the Champions League? Well, the man to ask is La Liga Lowdown's Ewan McTeer. I think it's a kind of complacency. Real Madrid perform better on the big occasions because they know they have to give absolutely everything to win a derby or a Clasico or a Champions League knockout tie, whereas they don't give every ounce of energy for these kinds of easy on paper La Liga matches. Of course, they still take these teams seriously, they just don't seem to give that extra 10%. Another part of the problem is that Real Madrid just don't put games to bed as they probably should. Even when they win, they've often had to hold on. 79% of their victories this season have been by just one or two goals. Even Atletico Madrid have a larger percentage of three goal plus victories. Finally, here's one further theory. Maybe it's that they're just not morning people. They've won just one of their past six matches that have kicked off at this midday time slot. Cheers, Ewan. Well, history for Girona and is it their first victory ever at the Bernabeu and they put some much-needed daylight between themselves and the relegation zone. Four points, in fact, after their recent free fall. Well, Barcelona managed to stay in control of the La Liga title race, but once again, it wasn't brilliant stuff as they only beat Real Valladolid 1-0 and were quite average on Saturday night. This was a tale of two penalties. The first as Gerard Piquet went down in the box under the slightest of touches from Michel. Looked like a soft peno, but it was given by the referee. Lennar Messi put it hard and low to his right. The other was Philippe Coutinho, brought down by Kiko Olivas after lovely interplay with Luis Suarez. Messi again with the spot kick, but this time Jordi Masip was equal to it, guessing the right way and then gathering the follow-up too. In fact, the Valdely keeper was excellent on his return to Barcelona, having come through the academy and played four games there in four years. Not not only did he deny Messi, Kevin Prince Boateng, Usman Dembele, Suarez and Coutinho, but he's also now saved penalties from Gerard Moreno, Rodrigo and Messi this season. That's a decent list of scalps. The defence in front of Masip switched to a back three for added security and Valdolid managed to emerge from the camp now with a respectable result. Sergio Gonzalez saying that his team could leave with their heads held high to right. But this was nowhere near vintage Barca. Gerard Piquet said that they weren't the Barcelona they wanted to be. Ernesto Valverde said that they didn't have the fluidity in their attack. Even without the likes of Clément Lenglet, Ivan Rakitic and Luis Suarez in the starting lineup, they should have been far better. Well, let's speak to Roman Derquer. Uh, Roman, what were the champions really lacking here? And how do you assess their up and down form right now? It's a question we've been asking ourselves so often this season. What is Barca missing? Why are they so irregular? And I wish I had the answer, believe me. But I sense that maybe expectations are just too high. Obviously, Barca have to win, but can we expect them to play stunning offensive one-touch football every single game? When your midfield onwards includes the likes of Arturo Vidal, Dembele, Boateng, or even a developing talent such as Alenia, 
You just can't have that. And without Arthur on the field, the lack of creativity and control is even more pronounced. But what didn't help either last Saturday was Messi's form. Still quite far from his peak since returning from that injury. His shooting accuracy wasn't there and he also lost the ball quite often. In fact, Barca, a team who's supposedly good at conserving the ball and having possession, lost it 137 times compared to Valladolid's 139. So I really hope the GOAT can improve for the next crucial games against Lyon, Sevilla and Madrid. And the other thing to discuss is Ernesto Valverde signing a new one-year contract at the camp now uh, with the option of a further year after that. What do Cules make of that? Good? Bad? Indifferent? Certainly not indifferent, but a bit of the other two. I recently read a tweet by a Barca specialized journalist called Sique Rodriguez, who informed about two polls asking the same question. Are you satisfied with Valverde's renewal? One poll took place at the Camp Nou and the other one on Twitter. 60% of our socios at the stadium, which is what we call fans with a club membership in Catalan, were happy with the decision, whereas on Twitter, 77% of the voters were against this renewal. This comes to prove that the division is obvious. Some are satisfied with winning titles and others want perfection, but I'm afraid that's extremely hard to achieve. But as I mentioned in a previous La Liga Lowdown podcast, I'm quite convinced that if Valverde conquers the Champions League, he'll turn many of those haters into lovers. Cheers, Roman. Now, Atletico Madrid aren't giving up on the title race just yet, and they recovered from back-to-back defeats by winning at Rayo Vallecano by a goal to nil. They had to wait until the 74th minute to get their goal, but it came with some controversy. For the original ball into the box, Alvaro Morata is offside. The ball doesn't actually reach him, it's headed into the air. But seconds later, it falls to him. He nips the ball into Antoine Griezmann, whose deflected shot beats Sada Dimitrovsky at his near post. So once again, a team complains one week about refereeing decisions, and then they benefit from them the next week. So very strange. Atleti were poor in the first half. It was perhaps their worst first 45 of this season. And they were saved by Jan Black throughout the game, keeping out efforts from Adrian Barban the first half and Raul de Tomas in the second. Afterwards, the Slovenian keeper was asked about his future, to which he replied, I'm under contract until 2021. What's going to happen? I can't see into the future. We're calm about it. Another interesting feature of this game was the return of Diego Costa playing alongside Alvaro Morata rather than replacing him on the field of play. Uh, well, let's go back to you, McTier and Madrid on this one. Uh, Ewan, how did they play as a three with Antoine Griezmann and, and how do you see this situation developing going forward? So after I'd finished rubbing my eyes in disbelief at Simeone playing three forwards at the same time, I paid attention to try to see how this was going to work. What you had was a front two of Costa Murata with Griezmann out on the left and Thomas Lavmar on the right. Griezmann regularly cut inside and this worked quite well actually as his starting point was too distant for centre-back to mark him but he was too quick for his full-back to follow. It'll be interesting to see how this attacking trio develops and how they're positioned the first time they all start together. I definitely don't expect all three of them to start against Juventus in midweek as I'm counting on a midfield of four central midfielders and a front two of Griezmann plus Costa if he's fully fit or Murata if he's not. I do though think we'll see this front three on occasion in similar matches against smaller sides. So now we just need to give them an acronym. MAD, sound alright? Yeah, sort of works. Well, let's focus on the G. Quick word on Griezmann. His goal means that he now stands fifth on the list of Atleti's all-time goal scorers with 130 in all competitions. That's one ahead of El Nino Fernando Torres, but he's still some way away from Luis Aragones, who netted 172 goals for Los Colchoneros. Now, the theme of rotation cropped up again at the Estadio de la Ceramica, where Villarreal finally got a win under Javi Calleja since he came back, and a big one it was too. 3-0 at home to Sevilla. The first goal was a header from a corner from Alvaro 
Gonzalez. The second was a delight. Alfonso Pedraza threading the ball through to Carlos Baca, whose cheeky back heel found Carl Tokwe Cambi to finish into an empty net. And the impressive Pedraza got Villarreal's third late on, breaking down the left flank and beating Thomas Vatsleek once again, sealing their first win in 11 La Liga games. And boy, did they need it, climbing to third bottom, now just one point from safety. But Sevilla switched a lot of players and suffered. Frankly, they've been suffering for a while. The Pablo Machin machine is starting to malfunction, especially in the league, where they've only won one of their last seven games and they've been reeled in by the chasing pack in fifth, sixth and seventh. So how have things gone so spectacularly wrong? Uh, we'll ask Paco Bolita about this one. Uh, Paco, what do you reckon? Yeah, watching the game at Stadio de la Ceramica, there are many things which have gone wrong lately for Sevilla. The players look a shadow of their former selves. Yes, there's the random Pablo Sarabia or Wissam Benjeder spark of brilliance, but pretty much that's it. Not even keeper Thomas Baklic is showing the same level of excellence as the beginning of the season. This was game number 44 of the current campaign. If they got to the Europa League final, they would play 66 in total. You just can't see them lasting the pace, especially with Machin's intense style of play. Villarreal slowly but methodically dismantled them in the first half and finished the job in the last few minutes of the game, with a masterful Santi Cazorla, who else, running the show. The huge advantage Sevilla used to have over the other contenders is now gone. On Saturday, they faced Barca... If results went against them, they could drop from 4th to 7th by this time next week. Thanks, Paco. Well, for Villarreal, everything came together at once. The zip was back. The fluency was there in transition. Finally. Calleja said it was their best performance of the season, and he's right. But can they keep it up? It's a toughie next on Sunday as they take on Atletico Madrid away at the Wanda Metropolitano. Well, this was our chosen match for Partidazo Predictions. It's a video thread that we do on Twitter on Friday ahead of a weekend match day. And a props to Roman, who got it spot on. He picks up three vital points, whereas I get a single point for saying that Villarreal would win, just didn't get the scoreline spot on. So here are the overall standings. Paco is on 21 points, Ewan on 14, Roman and I on 13, Alex Johnson is on 10. So the battle for second is very much on. Uh, back to La Liga though, Hetafe could have gone into fourth place. Actually, scrap that, Hetafe should have gone into fourth place on Friday night. They were 2 0 up away to Eibar, but they let that lead slip to emerge from Ipurua with just a point. Lovely through ball from Matias Oliveira and then a delicate dink from Jaime Mata put them ahead. Uh, the 30 year old has now got 11 goals this season, nine in La Liga, three in his last two games. Uh, that was eight minutes before half time. Seven minutes after the break, Dimitri Fouquier fired home from the edge of the box for nil two. That should have been that. And in fact, Hidafi would have felt aggrieved at the goal they conceded next. Jose Angel's cross into the box caught the faintest of touches from Jenis Hand on the way through. Penalty given by VAR and then scored by Charles Diaz. The veteran striker then got his second of the day and 12th in La Liga this season by latching onto a, a dubious Leandro Cabrera header back towards his keeper. But Charles hooked it past De Vittoria for the equaliser. Two points dropped by Hidafi. Roles reversed for Eibar. Last week, they led by two goals at Sevilla. Only to be pegged back later on. Okay, that's it for part one of this podcast. Part two is on the way in a couple of ticks as we look at the race for Europa League places and the relegation battle. See you very shortly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Register Carnival broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Now, we've talked already about the top five before Match Day 24 got underway in La Liga. Next, we focus on the battle between sixth and seventh as Alaves visited Rabetis, a game which finished 1 1 at the Benito Villamarín. At the home side ahead, with Jesus Rodriguez breaking down the left, his shot saved by the outrushing Fernando Pacheco, but it rebounded back off his own centre back, Guillermo Maripan, for Giovanni Lo Celso to smash in from a couple of yards out. Uh, that is his 11th goal in all competitions this season. Well, Manny Ban was very much at the centre of things because first he cleared the ball heroically off the line from a Heze shot and then at the other end he got on the end of a Shimon Navarro cushioned header sticking out a boot to get there just before Paul Lopez fought the equaliser. Uh, both keepers made decent saves after that. Pao from Murak Picasso, Pacheco from Zufedal and then brilliantly as well from Lale Moron from close range right at the very end. It is a good away point for Alaves. They've got 36 now in total and are still in the race for Europa League or even fourth place. So Avalado surely can't keep up this. Our objective is to stay up shtick for much longer. They are safe. Valencia are still chasing the European places. But just as they seem to be getting into their groove recently, their momentum has been checked by two home draws. This time, nil-nil against Espanyol. Kevin Gamero hit the post in the first half. In the second, Ezequiel Garay saw ahead a flash past the post and Dani Parejo forced to save out of Diego Lopez, Marcelino then brought on Gonzalo Guedes, Jeffrey Kondogbia and Santi Mina and they turned the screw, they had lots of pressure but ultimately it didn't actually create many clear-cut chances, not much to shout about in the end. If anyone, it was Valencia's January signings who impressed for the home side. So here is the full-time report from La Liga Lodans Pacopolit who was at Mestalla. Valencia fans might owe a bit of an apology to Ruben Sobrino and Facundo Roncaglia who came in as low-profile additions last month and have proved that everyone can be a worthy part of the team's rotation. They both started the game and did a pretty good job. Along with that, we should also point out how resilient Valencia have become. Take Neto Murara, for example. The Brazilian keeper played the match with his index finger broken and managed to keep a clean sheet. But admittedly, Espanyol generated little or no danger at all to test him out. At the end of the day, Valencia lacked the spark of other days and seemed physically like they needed an energy boost, whereas Espanyol did a very good job in the midfield with a proficient Sergi Darder and were able to keep the home team's offensive production to a minimum. Next up for Valencia, Celtic at home in the Europa League at Mestalla on Thursday night with a two-goal advantage from the first leg. Well, Marcelino was at a loss to understand why they've drawn 9 out of 13 La Liga games at home. He said he just didn't understand it. What he did make a comment on, though, was kickoff times because 
Valencia played 10 out of their 24 La Liga games at that 4.15pm time, so mid-afternoon on Saturday or Sunday. And he said that the ball rolls quicker at night. So presumably the inference is that it doesn't roll as quickly during the day, which has stifled their style of play. Make of that what you will. For Espanyol, they look to have stabilised a bit. After losing 9 out of 10 league games, they're now unbeaten in the last three and a more comfortable six points above the bottom three. Real Sociedad remain unbeaten under Imanol Alguacil. Nine games, four wins and five draws. And this was the most emphatic and convincing performance so far, especially in the second half as they beat Leganes by three goals to nil. Goalless at the break, but Miguel Oyarzabal scored with a far post header and then a snapshot in the box after William Jose had miscontrolled a cross from the excellent Adnan Yanazai and the Brazilian himself flick-headed in the third. Now, this game was also notable for a couple of other things. Lots of acrobatic saves from both keepers in this game. Jerónimo Ruyi for the host, Pichuquea for the visitors while Real Sociedad were actually wearing their away kit and Weta and Leganes their home kit this was to repay the favour after Lega had allowed the same to happen when there was an issue with La Real's change trip in the reverse fixture at Butarque back in August all very lovely and friendly but La Real are starting to bare their teeth now in the league they're suddenly 7th and 3 points off 4th place could they really make Champions League? well unlike Sevilla, Betis and Valencia around them they have no other distractions so it's very possible Lega are showing their erratic side 3-0 winners last week, 3-0 losers this week. They are 13th in the table. Right, to the utter mess that is Celta Vigo. Another embarrassing result as they lost by four goals to one at home to Levante. Uh, the first goal was like a knife through hot butter as Jose Luis Morales was played in and finished past Ruben Blanco. Uh, the lead dubbed before half-time by Coque's header. Terrible marking from the host. And then Celta made their life even more difficult when Riyad Budabuj got himself sent off on his debut by hacking down Borja Mayoral. He then assisted Morales for his second and Levante's third and Borja Mayoral scored the fourth himself after a Bryce Mendes penalty had reduced the arrears slightly. Now, this scoreline isn't harsh on Celta. It is actually bang on. They were woeful. La Liga Lowdown's Alex Johnson was watching at Balaidos. Celta's four main values are said to be afoteza, corazón, orgullo y tradición. And, well, not much of that was shown here at Balaidos today. A soulless defence and a not much better attack. The only one to do anything was Hugo Mayo. He got their best chance doing what no one else did, run. Later, Celta saw a red card, this time debutante Burubus. And again, Mayo was there to keep things from escalating even further, calming things down and likely avoiding Celta from picking another red. Minutes later, he had to hold Cardoso back from the referee twice. It's a team that lost its plot and one captain trying his best not to see his ship completely sink, which also leads us to the lack of leadership from Cardoso and why things have been so chaotic under him. Mayo, he did get some support, however, from the fans. The Celta fans were more vocal than normal. They are not ready to see their team relegated. Uh, on the other side of the pitch, well, Levante, they have failed to score in five of the previous six games, and now they got four with Morales leading the way. So it was a huge win for them. Their first away since they defeated Real Madrid in October. And another blow for Celta with uh, Iago Aspas out again, re-injuring his right calf. So frustrating for them. As since Christmas, either he's been out injured or Maxi Gomez has been suspended. When they're together, they are a potent partnership. And none of this helps Miguel Cardoso, who recently got given a sort of vote of confidence by President Carlos Mourinho, but he is once again under huge pressure. In 12 games, he's picked up 10 points. The man that he replaced, who got sacked, Antonio Mohamed, got 14 points from his 12 games in charge. Food for thought. It's just a question of whether it's worth replacing him now or whether it could be some sort of kamikaze move. 
to the Monday night game. West Castle Revival is over, for the time being anyway, as they were beaten by a goal to nil at home by Athletic Club. A 19th minute penalty from Raul Garcia did the damage after Inigo Martinez had been appended by Adrian Dieguez. Iñaki Williams had two chances to get the second, but on both occasions, Roberto Santamaria denied him. At the other end, Diego Herrin didn't have too much to do until the last 15 minutes when the host decided to have a real go. First he saved from David Ferreira, who turned Yurubicici inside out. There was also a late chance for Cristian Rivera, but the equaliser never came. Still, the Huesca boss Francisco said the decide didn't deserve to lose. For Athletic, Gaisca Galitano admitted it wasn't their best game, maybe just the one defeat in ten, but he said he found it funny for people to mention European football. Do you know what, though? They're only six points off sixth place. Speaking of which, let's bring you the La Liga table after 24 rounds of games. Barcelona top on 54 points, the lead now seven over Atletico, back up to second on 47 points, Real Madrid third on 45, Sevilla fourth on 37, but with Hetafe fifth and Alaves sixth, both on 36 points. At the other end, Huesca remain bottom on 18 points, Rayo second bottom on 23, Villarreal third bottom also on 23, Celta still in a lot of trouble, they're just outside the drop zone on 24 points. Don't forget that this week we've got Barcelona and Atletico Madrid kicking off their last 16 ties in the Champions League. Barca are away to Lyon on Tuesday night, Atletico at home to Juventus on Wednesday night. Here's Alex Johnson again with a brief look ahead. Barcelona are going to Lyon with Samuel Umtiti, who returns from a three-month-long injury and also returns home. Though it's still unsure if Umtiti will play against his old club, he do know better than anyone else that Lyon should not be underestimated. They are at their best at the biggest of occasions, but they will be without their tailless men, Nail Fakir, which might see them switch from a 4-2-3-1 formation to 4-3-3. Another one who is up against his old team is Alvaro Murata, and this could be a good moment for his first athletic goal. However, the main focus will likely be on the other side of the pitch, as we have a formidable Juventus attack against a formidable athletic defense. Juve unbeaten in Serie A, Ronaldo in peak form, and we all know he haunted Atleti before in this competition, scoring hat-tricks and killing dreams. Cheers for that, Alex. Well, as far as the Europa League is concerned, it is last 32 second legs this week. Sevilla bring a 1-0 lead over Lazio back to the San Spiswan on Wednesday. On Thursday, Rabetis resume 3-3 at home to Rennes. Valencia lead 2-0 as Celtic come to Mestalla, while Villarreal are 1-0 up at home to Sporting Club of Portugal. It all bodes well for all four to progress to the last 16. Well, that's almost it, but just a reminder to check out our Twitter feed. We are at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter, so come find us, follow us and chat to us on social media. Come hang out with us and our ever-growing family. We're almost 5,000 followers and counting. We will keep you across all of that European football in the Champions League and the Europa League with those six Spanish sides involved. And if you'd like to leave us a glowing review or give us five stars, then please feel free to do so. We would be ever so grateful. That's your La Liga Lowdown. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.